Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 120 um, of the Edge of Futurist podcast. Uh, this is the last one before Christmas. So, uh, yeah, very special one. We should have been wearing hats, Dan, but we're not. Um, <laughs> and uh, maybe a bit of tinsel. Um, hopefully, our guest might quickly have, in the next five seconds, be able to grab a Christmas hat or, or, or some tinsel and something else. If not, um, we'll bring them on anyway. We're really excited. Uh, by our guest tonight, and, and it's we're, something we're really looking forward to. Don't forget, um, head over to Spotify and, and iTunes. We've got lots of a back catalogue on there, loads of episodes. We've got 119. Uh, we had Mark Anderson and Bucky Youssef on Teacher Workload, uh, which is a great conversation. 117, we have uh, Laura McInerney uh, from Teacher Tap looking at research and how they use that and how that's actually been used by media in terms of the UK in terms of resourcing of how teachers are feeling currently. Uh, 116, we had Mike uh, Fierick, CEO of Allison.com. Yeah, head over uh, Edge of Futures podcast on Spotify and iTunes or wherever you listen. Yeah, and don't forget, Ed, we, we're on the podcast, but we're also on YouTube as well. So if you are listening on the podcast, you can actually uh, come and see our faces on YouTube for each episode. Uh, so head over to, actually, you might not want to do that, but uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, give it a go, see what it's like. Uh, youtube.com forward slash edgy futurist and you can subscribe and you'll get alerts there for when there's there's new episodes out uh, also please do leave us a, a review on youtube or wherever you listen to your podcasts so this episode 120 we are delighted to be joined by kenyetta forbes uh she is the former edu content manager for google for education where she managed content across the google teacher center uh, the chromebook app hub and Google Certified Exams Level 1 and 2, which a lot of our listeners will be familiar with, and Google's Edu Equity Initiatives. She now works as Great Lakes Senior District Manager Adoptions for Neopod and Flocabulary. I'm glad you got to say Flocabulary. I think you see, yeah. I've just I've tripped myself up. I don't know why I even tried it. <laughs> I had an opportunity to bypass it. Anyway, Kenyatta spent two years working with Mozilla Foundation as a community manager, stewarding the internet as a tool for innovation and learning globally. She previously worked as, edu uh, as an educator for the Chicago Public School District for over 10 years, including teaching technology and special education. She holds an MA from the National Lewis uh, University or Lewis, U Lewis University in education and an MFA in film, video, animation from the University of Illinois, Chicago. You can follow her on Twitter at Kenyatta underscore Forbes. <laughs> so welcome, welcome. How are we doing, Kenyatta? Fantastic. I mean, as, as well as can be, you know, given 2020 it's been a it's been an incredibly challenging year for sure i think it's been a year of, of, of slashes and we will go into the fact that you've you've been a, a teacher educator slash uh, google employee slash uh, now working for neopod who knows we're not we've still got a couple of weeks to go who knows what else it's gonna be a slash to be fair so uh, well, well, super fair. Uh, as, as people will be will listening back and, and, and will realise pretty quickly, Ben is not joining us this evening. Uh, Ben's got uh, he's been pulled into something really big at work. Um, but you actually um, met Ben, and that's where the contact has come through in Denmark. Eighteen, is that right? Yeah, we were both in the same um, Google Innovator cohort in Denmark, so that's the first time I got to meet him. Yeah, and does he annoy you as much as he annoys us and, the, and our listeners, or is he? Uh, is, are you a fan? Let's let's, let's really unpick that one. <laughs> He's not here. Do you like Ben? I take the fifth. No, no, I don't. <laughs> He's super great, and um, and we got to kind of hang out and spend some time together um, during Bet last year. Yeah, yeah. and and yeah. actually, 
I don't know if you know, but we met at Bet. And um, I was I was working on the Google stand, and you're going to say, oh, God, I don't know this guy. Who, who is he? But I'm going to pretend I know him. I, I was working uh, on the Google stand at Bet last year, um, covering and supporting around accessibility. So I was doing the accessibility stand. Oh, uh, so, yeah. Typically, but um, hi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. No, I don't remember. I, I, I remember that. That was brilliant. Yeah. You yeah. could have lied, Kenya. You could have been like, yeah, I remember you. You're like, nah, no. I, I'm no recollection whatsoever. Person. Yeah, I will not. I don't. That's not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. Obviously, we've, we've talked about the Innovator program, uh, program um, at, at length in different things, but how, how did you find it? How did that um, energise your, your, your journey that you've been on in terms of different roles that you've now gone into? And tell us a bit about your project and what, what the, was the problem you were trying to solve? Yeah, actually, my um, it's interesting. My problem that I was trying to solve at the time, I think a lot of innovators go through this. You go into it with being like, I want to do this. And then you get there and then you get this like one week intensive and you're like, actually, no. <laughs> um, so my original thought was around equity, right? Um, and how to um, bring more diverse like P BIPOCs into ed, ed tech spaces. Um, it's often in landscape where um, there aren't a lot of people um, in positions of influence that look like me. And so um, it was basically like, how do we nurture, how do we cultivate, and how do we grow a community of BIPOC um, ed tech kind of educators or champions? So that's what I wanted yeah. to do with. <laughs> and, what, and, and, and what did you end up with? Was that the... <laughs> so as, um, as life would have it, um, a couple weeks later, I ended up joining the Google team. And so... Um, my innovator project in many ways got put on hold, um, but not really because I was able to eventually fuse what my project was into my work as a content manager. Um, but the official project never came to fruition, but um, a lot of the initiatives or a lot of the thinking that I had did come into my, my position. And and. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um, I, I literally, I, I was Sweden 19, so we just we were extended by a couple of months, so we should have been finishing and doing our launch um, a bit ago. But we we did it last night, and the reason I mention it is we we did our final project launch, and there's a there's a, a real great gentleman as part of our cohort called Lawrence uh, Chijani, um, good friend of, of, of mine, and um, he's been doing a project around, and he it, it uses it, it it's it's around BAME, and 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 it's very diverse is is the term BAME in terms of um, of, of, of the vote, but that's what his project is around. And he even mentioned it last night that he's not sure whether he wants to settle on that term, but I use it because that's what he's using in terms of his term. Um, so um, so he's, he's looking at in terms of getting more people um, in terms of diversity in regard to training uh, and, 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 pass, uh, and getting in terms of educators to, to really represent, especially in England and the UK, the demographic that we're actually trying to support and and he, he did his the presentation the pitch last night and he's, he's he's already got thirty people signed up he's coaching mentoring he's getting people it's absolutely brilliant and it's yeah. really interesting you say about that but that that he was he was talking so passionately about the fact that how often do we see diversity on on panels and and, and leading these edtech yeah um, and 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 actually how people respond he, he gives some, I won't going to go into it but he gives some really interested and some real horror stories really in terms of some of the things that he's experienced by attending these events when he should be speaking and people think um, oh thanks for clearing the chromebooks but uh, you can go now yeah and, it, like, and you're like so 
that yeah, yeah I, I think that I think it's whether it's Chicago, America, Canada, wherever you are. Actually, I think that's something that's so powerful, and and I know that um, the the trading races uh, element in terms of that the, the, the final name I think that you settled on. Um, uh, 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 what, yeah, is that something you're going to go back to, or what? What? How do you think that? that yeah, relates? it's never, it's never stopped. So, um, for those of you who are not um, have no idea what Steve is talking about, you're like, what is trading races? Um, back in 2016, I started to develop a playing card game, and um, and honestly, developed way before then, back in art school. But um, I wanted a way to have a really um, courageous and difficult. Um, or challenging conversation about race, specifically blackness, and how it relates to um, America. Um, but also it could be played anywhere else, right? Um, but uh, I, I settled on gamification to kind of have this, to be the vehicle or mechanism to have this conversation. And so essentially that's how Trading Races was born. Um, and so essentially players put down, you know, they get this random shuffle deal of the hand of cards that have either contemporary historical uh, figures on them that are not all black, because um, then you can have these conversations about appropriation as well. Um, so each player will then put down a card and then you'd have to argue who you feel is the blackest. Um, I don't give players the definition of blackness because I think it's super subjective and you come to that. Um, we all have our own understanding or however we construct that. Um, and that kind of comes out through the gameplay. And so you'll argue who the blackest is and um, players will come to a consensus. And, um, you know, the player who has that winning card wins the book, the player with the most books wins the game. Um, and so that's how, you know, trading races was kind of developed and born. So that's still happening. Definitely still happening in the background. Um, there's a, you know, educational arm to it, um, free facilitation guides for high school and college level um, professors and um, continue to kind of grow that uh, in the background. That sounds cool. And does it does it challenge the stereotypes there that people come up with? As yeah, well? I think that we, you know, we make these split second decisions. And I think one of the kind of beautiful things that trading races will do is it gets people to pause um, and really unpack a thing. Um, you know, if you're like looking at, um, you know, like Kanye West versus a, um, a Rachel Dolezal, I'm not sure if you know who that is. Um, she was a, a white woman who pretended to be black <laughs> uh, right. years back. Yeah. So you have these kind of um, polarizing uh, individuals. It really forces you to then uh, dig a little bit deeper as to like why, you know, if I got to quantify this thing, like where am I going to where am I going to go with it? And, and what's the foundational reason why? Um, and I don't think that we do that in split second interactions with other people. Um, and so that's the, the kind of beauty of the game. That sounds cool. And can it just for our listeners, is that available to, to purchase from anywhere? Yeah, it is. You can um, you can grab it at uh, tradingracesgame.com. Um, it's also available on Amazon. Um, so yeah, it's out there. It's a thing. That's cool. Um, it, it'd be really good to, to get in. I know we've you mentioned that you were working with Google. Um, in terms of their training center. I know a lot of our listeners will ha have a lot of experience of the training center. <laughs> and also, not just not just our listeners, but 
a lot of educators now across across the world who who had never never um, used Google for education before because of what's been happening in terms of COVID and and, and lockdowns and teaching remotely are now are, will be brand new to the teaching center and, and all the amazing resources on there. But you 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 were overseeing a lot of that as well, weren't you? Yeah. Um... Yeah, the training center in itself is definitely, it's this beautiful beast of, of resources. And um, my charge was not only to maintain existing courses, so uh, making sure that if there were like any updates to product um, that the UI or user interface and the descriptions that we were kind of like walking people through were always up to date and correct. Um, and then also developing new training courses as well. And so I was really, um, you know, even even though COVID was super crazy, um, some of my best kind of projects came out of this time. And so I was really happy to, to put out the Distance Learning for Educators course, the follow-up to that, which is the Inspire Creativity through lear uh, lear Student Engagement. Um, so those two courses came out um, essentially as a response to COVID so that we can support educators through this really difficult time. That You must have been so busy because um, <laughs> I'm just thinking because the amount of time Google changes or changes just the odd little thing uh, and, and not in a bad way, in a really good way because it's continually improving its products, isn't it? Yeah. Um, every, every time, every time uh, the, the guys who changed that did that, you must have thought, oh my goodness, I've got to go back in and change this again now. Yeah. <laughs> Before you answer, can, yeah, can, can I just say, I thought it was fair as it did it. I literally am amazed. Every time they change something, I go on and say, they're not, uh, by the way, I'm not going to, it's literally, as soon as it's done, as soon as they've clicked, flicked the switch, I'm guessing you get a heads up, but it's like, you go on, he's like, oh no, they might, they might not have, they might, the, the, the system might not have updated, you might be doing it based on the old one. No, you don't need to worry about that because the Google fairies have done it. Actually, it's not, it's Kenyatta and her team yeah. that have been doing it, but they, oh God, yeah. the demand must have been mad. It was, it was, you know, I'll be honest, it was definitely a really challenging job, but it was definitely incredibly rewarding because I know the, I knew the, the impact that we were having globally. Um, the teacher center is localized in 17 languages. And so, you know, you think about um, all of these different, you know, languages or regions that are depending on you um, to get this content to them so they can provide, um, you know, impactful student learning. And so, um, you you kind of push through. You just you make it you make it happen. Of course, yes, we get heads up um, most of the time, not all the time, um, through product roadmap. So I'll kind of be able to see what's coming down the pipeline and um, be able to launch those. But I I think that it's um, I, I have to kind of shout out um, the the team that I worked with. And um, it it sounds crazy to say this, and I think about it now. There's really three of us that maintain that site. And, um, you know, my charge was the content piece, which was constantly updating. Um, we had another guy named Justin, um, hopefully, you know, I'll tell him I shouted him out on this, but he's our localization guy. So he makes sure that everything that I do then gets translated into those 17 languages. And then the last kind of like magic person on our team was this guy named Tobias, who made sure that everything on the platforms function at, as it should. Um, so we were all, you know, nurturing the teacher center as well as the exam platform, um, working together to make that happen. It, it, it's the power of of the collective. I think that's literally every time we talk about things like this. It's not just it's Google. It's it's lots of companies, but that power of the collective. That that 
that bit that you know that once you do your bit, somebody else is, as a collaboration piece, everybody is is doing it, and that reliance on trust and understanding of what amazing feeling that must be to to be working with people at the top of their game constantly, and you just go, <laughs> I know I've got this because somebody else hundred percent has got this. Yeah, you know, what a feeling that must be of like I, I know if I do just do this, and you say just do this, but if I do this, somebody else is going to be. You've got Justin and Tobias who are going to be backing up, making sure it's yeah. translated. You've got these that make sure it's working, and you just like. Yeah, literally. The, the, yeah, the, it was the like a of, you know cycle, and um, we were a well-oiled machine. And um, the distance learning course, I'll tell you um, now in hindsight, like it was the, the the bane of my existence when we were trying to put it out because we did it in um, three and a half weeks, and that was from content writing all the way into live platform, and that is the shortest build we'd ever attempted. Um, but we knew we had to get it out really fast. Um, and it normally would take us maybe three three months to do a course. So um, there are many sleepless nights, <laughs> uh, you know, doing content revisions and reviews and going back and then adding stuff to the platform and the LSM, uh, LMS, sorry. Um, so it was, yeah, yeah, it was, but it was definitely worth it. And and just is that the teach from home or the teach from anywhere project or is that no, a different that's project? Actually handled by a completely different. Um, that was more of a marketing initiative, so it's not necessarily hmm. part of the teacher center. Yeah, I remember seeing it and thinking, literally. But that's another thing they brought out so much, and, and um, the iteration, the ideation, and the iteration of that process, and everything that must have been going on for for not just Google but all of these tech companies. That so not only an opportunity opportunity as a market in terms of sales and everything, but also an opportunity to support educators and and, and make sure learning is there for everybody yeah. during this time was was exceptional. I think and and I think as a collective, I think the edtech community in terms of the people offering people say it's an agendas and they're gonna they're gonna see it as a free tool where they're using it and then they're gonna give it and charge. But actually, you know what? Without it for those six months, where would we have been? Where would we honestly have been? Um, so yeah, I, it just just yeah. crazy. It definitely was uh, was and still is in many ways. Um, you know, a crazy time, and um, you know, I'm just really appreciative. You know, again, the way that the specific team that I worked on um, handled it. Um, we also saw like a huge surge in certification exams because now you know, admins, districts, um, countries, <laughs> you know, wanted their uh, educators certified because they felt like that was a stamp of approval then on uh, being able to teach, you know, hybrid or remotely. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was challenging, but we we definitely made it through. We had the support of you know marketing and product was also, um, you know, pushing these great um, initiatives. Like so many iterations happened with classroom um, during that time, and uh, you know, find improvements and um so everybody kind of rallied around so it was really fantastic to see and you've kind of got that perspective now of of, of education from kind of the both sides of the fence haven't you in terms of kind of the classroom and and on the ground but then also kind of uh making the tools for 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 our teachers to to use quite a unique perspective i think on what's what's happening in education at the moment um and in terms of these tools now becoming uh, more used uh, into the being used in the classroom 
how do you how do you see kind of and i know uh we're over here in the uk you're over there in chicago um but i think there's probably a lot of similarities in terms of um the adoption of these tools by a, a lot of teachers who who previously had never tried them how, how do you feel like COVID is has affected online learning and and do you do you see this this trend continuing or do you see it kind of slowing down a bit how do, yeah just give us your take on that i think um First and foremost, I think what COVID has done is exposed the inequities that exist across education. I think that's, you gotta kind of name that first. Um, you know, even like thinking about Chicago um, public school system, um, you know, as a former, you know, teacher here, I, I intimately kind of know the ins and outs of the district and, um, bought myself my own like laptop because they only had like this really old Dell, you know, desktop that was really only good for taking attendance, but like nothing else. Um, so bought myself a MacBook so I could be able to do kind of more interactive activities and stuff with my students. So it's, um, it, I think what COVID did is it, it forced districts, um, large districts really to to really examine how they were supporting technology initiatives across um, you know, the board. Um, and in many ways, some, some, you know, my sister is also in the district. She's a speech pathologist and my nieces attend public school. And um, it's the first time that many teachers have had their own personal laptop handed to them from the district. So, you know, the, there's a, a really high, in that case, learning curve, because not only are you now learning how to teach remotely, but you're also learning how to do tech, <laughs> right? Um, at the same time. Um, so I think for me, like it exposed that, like uh, the, the inequities that exist in terms of technology. Um, I do feel like that now that it's it's here, like we're, we're doing the thing, um, no matter where you are on that spectrum of like being like an expert or a novice, um, the world will forever be changed. Like there is, you know, uh, what is it? Twitter said, even if we open up the office, we now see that you don't have to be here to work, <laughs> you know? And so I think people's thinking around what a thing actually looks like and what a thing actually is, is now shifting. And I feel like that's going to trickle down into education too, um, where there will be some sort of like hybrid, um, even when, you know, educators and students get back in the classroom, I think that, that technology is definitely going to play more of a key role than it ever has. Yeah, it's interesting what you were saying there about how uh, teachers have had to learn how to do the tech, but then also have to learn how to enable the learning to happen online. And I feel like those are two very different things. And I feel like we, and a lot of teachers made massive progress in learning how to use the tech, like huge progress. Um, and I saw what happened with my own eyes. It was amazing. And some of the success stories there of teachers who, who were really reluctant for years to, to, to um, use technolo technological tools and then using them and make, being able to do a lesson over a, over a Google Meet, just uh, some yeah. phenomenal successes. But um, I really feel like the, kind of like the, sec the other side of that coin that you've just mentioned there in terms of enabling learning to happen online, still feel like we're in the very early days of that in terms of um the potential um i don't know what it what it's what you how you feel it, it is what it's like over there in in chicago and in the, in the rest right, of the states 
There we go. You okay? <laughs> yeah. We're doing construction, and it's just getting louder and louder. Oh, that's <laughs> Trying okay. Trying to get them to charge. There we go. That's all right. Did you hear any of that? <laughs> the last, the last part I didn't catch. So I got up until right. I'll, I'll, sum, I'll summarize. I'll summarize Dan. Go on. Um, um, I think we're we're doing a great job of online teaching and shifting teaching to to both forums in terms of online and face to face. Um, but I think we've we've we're just delving into actually what high quality learning looks like online and that element of um, some of the stuff that we've started to factor in. You know, the the engagement um, students being active rather than just being passive vessels to be to be instructed at, um, but also all of those different elements. What does it actually look like? You know, because sometimes and and rightly so teachers have shifted face-to-face learning they've learned the tools and now delivered to teaching exactly the same online but actually as we probably most people do agree that actually that looks very very different in terms of the high quality online learning in a classroom Uh, sorry high quality online learning looks very different to high quality uh, learning in a classroom i think and trying to do one thing using the other doesn't always make sense um yeah Kind of like, how do you get them to go through the, what's this, uh, SAMR, right? How yeah. do you move from that this substitution? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, I, and put it there, and then it's supposed to, to you know, be the same exact thing. Um, but it, it it's not, it, it can't it can't be, right? Because I think the, the thing that has to be kind of acknowledged is that um, students right now are digital natives, right? Like, this is this is their world. Um, and so, if we're competing in terms of um, how how they're how they're learning with what they've been used to, uh, think about like my eight year old niece, right? Like she, I didn't get my I, cell phones were like a thing, right, for me in like what twenty or two thousand, but this is it's always been there for her, right? Computers, laptops, you know, iPads, all these things have already been there, um, and so they are very proficient in terms of their use. So it's almost like leveling up and matching where these students are and then infusing that educational piece or how you're presenting in, you know, interactive and engaging content. Um, and that's not necessarily translating, I think, just yet, which is not, not like a shameless plug, which is where that Inspire Creativity Through Student Engagement course came to be. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's interesting because I, I feel I feel like a, a, there's a lot of lot of places over here kind of really focusing on that substitute element, um, and and don't realize there's more, don't realize there's actually other ways, and I and I feel like that could be really dangerous because when this uh, hopefully is all over soon, um, fingers crossed in terms of COVID and getting getting uh, getting people back out into 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 schools and and life returning to normal i feel like if we've just focused so much on the substitution then it's very easy just to go back to how things always were because you were just substituting it was just a substitute and and i guess a a bit like a substitute teacher substitute teacher is short term you're going to go back to your your full-time teacher eventually and it's all going to go back to normal and i feel like if we don't move past that soon um Mm. that we're in that danger zone and i think and I think a lot of educators don't realize there's more. Not not that they don't want to move past. They don't actually realize that there's more to online learning than that substitution. And I think it's down to leadership. And I'd even go as far as to say that I don't think I don't think a lot of leadership know, knows that there's more to online learning. 
Definitely. No, I, I, I agree. And I think what's really challenging about that is there is, and it's something that I also struggle with too. I think that once you, um, I wouldn't necessarily say leave because I feel like my heart is still in the classroom, but when, when you get that level of separation from what's actually happening in those, in the classroom space, there's a level of understanding that also leaves with that too. Um, and the, the kind of continuous growth that has to happen for an educator in, in learning spaces. So I think that when you get to these kind of like principal or like, you know, schoolmaster or district administrator positions, um, the day-to-day, -day, which is really the impactful piece of learning is what doesn't translate. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I, th I think it's, and, and I think even if you take that to the next level, you know, I don't know, 100% how like you know, Chicago, into, I know you do districts in terms of they can make their own decisions rather than a central government decision. In in England, you've got local authorities and then obviously you've got the, the Department for Education that is a, is a government um, department that basically instructs and tells people at minute, basically tells you what to do, um, a lot of stick um, rather than any carrot. And I think that is one of the things that maybe they start, are starting to realise that um, – Hundred percent. When we when we start to build relationships, um, teachers, communities that we can build in the classroom of our first first delivery, um, that actually there is no. It's great. You know, you can do whatever you want with technology, but actually that's a key element and a key fundamental. But actually, then it flicks of blended rather than just online versus face to face. Mm -hmm. That through building, um, what really is is possible and kind of that whole. Walt Disney thing of you know, imagining <laughs> the unimaginable element, you know that that I think that they say, well, well, online learning doesn't, do it cannot replace face to face. No, but yeah. actually, if you think beyond what we're doing, beyond yeah. what we're doing in terms of the collaboration, collaboration elements, the, the feedback, that yes, equity and 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 equity that I know has been coined massively from <laughs> um, in in America, and, it, and it's a great phraseology to use. But actually, that access to tech. Once that's off, but actually, there's a lot of learners in regards to um, ADHD, um, things around um, anxiety. Um, there's things around disadvantage, confidence in some students, where technology can play a massive role in, in for some disadvantaged yeah. learners that the classroom literally just doesn't provide unless you have one to one support for those types of students. Um, autism, autism is yeah. a word. Another one. My, my nephews are autistic, and and they would they're absolutely loving the fact that we're online learning because they prefer it they prefer the routine 100 percent. they love the fact that they're, they're sitting in a screen and they don't have to travel and go through all of those things that can change um i think that's a massive shift in terms of a culture thing that we have to face that we're not that whole like I said the summer model it's not about replication it's really about transformation yeah no i i totally agree and i think that we we almost need to be cautious of transactional education and I feel like, did I coin something just now? But I feel, <laughs> I feel like um, in a way, um, some of the way in which online or like remote learning is set up right now is it's very transactional. You sit and you get, and then you give it back to me. I look at it and I give it back to you, right? <laughs> um, and so it's just kind of making sure that, um, when, when we're looking at that like substitution and moving moving beyond that in terms of like Bloom's taxonomy, 
that we maintain or, or, or shy away from rather um, the relationship uh, of that learning or, or the sharing of knowledge is not transactional, but instead it's, it's filled with um, opportunities of like growth and, and true um, understanding and learning. Yeah, 100% moving from like just that face-to-face -face instruction. Think about approaches, flipped learning, um, was was having some conversations around changing um, some pedagog pedagogical approaches uh, using Ed Puzzle as an activity where mm -hmm. you can understand. You, like, so many people, well, I'll give a video and I don't, how do I know they've watched it? Simple stuff of, like, well, <laughs> let me just show you. I don't know some key things that you know, you know that seems really simple and, and a noble touch upon yeah. uh, and, and Neopod and, and, and the tools that that can offer. But also think about we we have uh, apprenticeships, work based learning, where um, for, for some students where they um, are going through the process. And we've started to really think about how we can evidence competency in something rather than literally just, okay, I know you're competent. Can you just write something in a workbook to show me, to explain? Right, okay. Well, let's, that's like the tap thing where you're literally just doing some coding and it pulls through and shows competency. Um, and also Flipgrid, like, you know, yeah. the power of, of tools like that, real stuff where it's like, okay, I'm going to do instruction. I'm going to de deliver legislation. That legislation is probably going to have, going to stay there for the next five years unless something really, really happens. I don't mm -hmm. want me to create that again. And then the, you're going to respond to me. I can provide comments. They can respond to students. And I think it's about shifting and, and, and completely transforming the element of, of well, I've, I've, I've written, we're going to move it online. So what I'm going to do is rather than just writing it on paper, I'm now going to just type it into a Google Doc. So <laughs> that's fine. So your, your dog won't eat your homework and you can do it on the bus. There's, there's some yeah. added benefits. But actually, what have we really shifted? It's, it's yeah. really starting to, and, and, and there's people that just shake up learning and stuff like that, Joe, where they're starting to bring in how can you really shift uh, learning and really start to reimagine it, I think, um, is, is where I'm going with that one. Yeah, so. I think like like thinking about um, I I can't remember where I saw this quote, but it it said um, I can't I cannot be who I who I once was before, and that's both the best and the worst thing to me. And I feel like that's almost where educators um, are kind of sitting in terms of where they are with COVID, um, and where and what it looks what it's going to look like potentially in the future. So um, it's it's the best thing. Like I can't do what I was doing before. Right, I've got to continue on moving forward in this trajectory, um, and I'm hoping, right, that this is they, they view this as the best thing, because um, I certainly do, because I see um, endless possibilities in terms of um, how tech can be um, supportive in terms of accessibility, um, in terms of indiv individualized learning, um, in terms of the uh, different kinds of content, in terms of student student driven. Um, you know, you, you know, it, it's just endless in terms of what can be done. Yeah, I think there's something in there as well about that authentic audience, isn't there? In term, in that student work actually has value, and it's and I, and I, and I totally get that. Before we had the the free flow of internet or the ability in a classroom, um, it would go in a book and it would go on the shelf, and because because how do you get it to the world or to a specific audience? Uh, without the, without the accessibility to be able to do that, and or well, I, well, what we did was we stuck it on a display on the school wall so that when visitors came in they could see it, and that was one way we could do it. Or the a local newspaper had run a run a, a, a an interest piece on it, which was nice, and and those were the only ways we could do that. But now our students have literally got access 
to to the world as an audience through at their fingertips and 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 we're still in that model like like steve just said <laughs> of well let's just put it in a google doc and and share it with me over google classroom and then that's it uh we're still we, we're almost using we're like a, a I don't know where I'm, I'm about to use an analogy and I haven't thought it through, so so stick with me. Uh, it's, always, <laughs> um, it's always like we're 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 still trying to do like be in a two D world, but but we're actually that that we're now in a four D world, but we're still trying to we can do we can allow students to um to to, to have that authentic audience and we and and, and on, a, on a in a lot of areas. Um, like, like what we're doing right now with the why, why can't students create a podcast and put it out there for, for people to listen to and, and gain an audience. And, and we do, and on this show, we, we, we invite a lot of educators who are doing that in, in terms of, uh, people like, uh, Rob Hoban, Agora in, uh, in the Netherlands and, and the work that those guys do. Um, and I just, I, I just think there's a, such a missed opportunity and, yeah. and no wonder a lot of our students are just, just a bit fatigued with schoolwork because where's the motivation and continually producing work just for a teacher to go yeah. yep that's good or that needs improved brilliant improved for what improved for what <laughs> like why does it need improved who's what, what what's the end goal here it was to sit in an exam hall and do an exam um in the in the world of work we we collaborate and help each other improve because what we're working on is eventually going to go out to the world or to a specific audience. Why yeah. can't that happen? And yeah, why can't that happen for our students as well? And and I think when we, when we do see examples of that happening, we see students excelling, and 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 then thriving out after school as well into the world of work. Uh, yeah, rant over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> I think it, it might. Yeah. I think it probably brings us on nicely to to Nearpod as well. Like the 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 tool that, and the the company that you're working with in terms of how their tools are transforming a lot of uh, a lot of classrooms at the moment in terms of online learning. Could you just give us an insight into that? Because we, I, I love it. I absolutely love some, the, some of the features in there. And I know Steve mentioned um, Edpuzzle a second ago, and I know that's a. A lot of the features of Edpuzzle is now in Neopod as well. So could you yeah. just give us give us a, a flavour of it? So, so, so I, I just wanted to just to clarify that we're not getting any money from Neopod and show that actually we're going to cover all the competitors. So apologies yeah, for doing that, but uh... no, it's okay. And and to be honest, like you guys didn't know that I even switched until like a week ago. Um, because I didn't. Because Ben was like, "Oh yeah, give me your backup." I'm like, "Oh yeah, actually, I should tell you, I don't work at Google anymore." Um, so yes, I'm super new. Um, like literally, I think on day ten of of being on uh, the Nearpod uh, team. But uh, Nearpod, if you know, they'll probably kill me if I say this. But um, I feel like if <laughs> if Ed Puzzle and Peer Deck had a kid, you'd get Nearpod, I, and I, they'd probably kill me for saying that. Um, but I think it's also like that and more because one of the things for me that um, makes Nearpod pretty exceptional is that it actually has a curriculum, which Peer Deck and, um, you know, Edpuzzle has videos, but it's just that. But we're talking about quizzes, interactive, like um, activities, 3D stuff that you can do with, you know, take virtual trips, um, all built into like these prepackaged lessons. And so it kind of just really um, ultimately takes things up a notch. 
Um, which is why I've ultimately I was like, yes, I would love to come work for this. You know, you got to believe um, for me, you know, you have to believe in the product or um, the organization that you work for and their mission and what they're trying to do. And um, I immediately saw Nearpod and was like, oh yeah, 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 I can get with this. <laughs> um, so that's Nearpod. Um, so yes, check it out. You know, you have interactive videos that change, you know, you can pull it from just being a passive sit and get to a very active experience where students can bake in questions. And then in terms of like, it integrates with Google Slides so you can always make your slide decks very interactive as well. Um, so yeah, please check it out. And they have, you know, free, free subscriptions for uh, teachers. You don't get all the bells and whistles, but you can definitely use the subscription, uh, get a, a silver, I think it's a silver level su subscription for your teacher. And, and is this right? Yeah, I... Is this right? 120 million users? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and a lot of that has happened from my understanding because again, of, of COVID, right? And so you have these huge, I mean, I, and I'm pretty sure that that's across um, all ed tech companies during this time. Um, as you guys mentioned before, I worked um, as well on the Chromebook App Hub, which is like a platform that pretty much um, highlights third-party developers that have uh, Google integrations. Um, and so I'm sure a lot of those companies also saw huge jumps in, in terms of their uh, subscribers to their products. I, I just love I love the I love any tool that allows you to do formative assessment integrated within it. I think it's just such a win win for for teachers. Like uh, a lot of tools, you have to uh, you have to show the content on one tool, then bring them over to another tool to do the formative assessment, and then t and then do some kind of feedback. Um, and the a lot of automated feedback isn't isn't always great. So you've got to then it's just kind of it. I like the fact that it's just all in one package, and it's yeah. and I think. If 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 teachers need anything at the moment, it's something that's simple, and I think yeah. it, it it does that. It keeps it simple and all yeah. in one place. I also just like love that there's something for everybody, no matter where you are on the spectrum of like tech. So if you're like, I just this is a, I'm just here. I just got here. There's something in the platform that you can just use, like the quick kind of quick start collaborate boards or a quick poll. If you are an expert. Hey, we got the stuff for you. Build out your whole lesson. We have all of the, the bells and whistles for you. So it really kind of addresses where anybody is on that continuum. Yeah, and I, and I think it's great um, to have the ability to, to switch as an educator to use for synchronous and asynchronous all within the elements of I can I can guide you through it all at the same time. Or, you know what, as part of an activity, you've got 30 minutes, let's see how you crack on and you work through that or do it in your, yes. in your own time, I think is... is is uh is, is really key so what what next i'm not saying that you're going to leave but in terms of is there anything that uh, uh, in terms of the product or is there anything that you're currently working on that you could share with us it's okay to say no we're not allowed to tell you anything is there anything that's coming up next for the product um in terms of nearpod like honestly i like i said I'm 10 days in and i'm still going through all of my wonderful onboarding um and learning all the ins and outs so um i can't i can't share um uh too much i guess on on what's on the what's next for them um but i can share um what's final what i what what i closed out google with 
and how those projects are moving forward. <laughs> yeah. That's where I'm at. Like literally it's like, okay. Um, so the last thing that I worked on uh, was the cultural, culturally, culturally responsive classrooms with Google which was a new addition to the Google Teacher Center in the resources section. And so is it's a, a um, really fantastic curation of resources that we partner with other organizations uh, like The Conscious Kid, um, Array 101, which is Ava DuVernay's foundation um, or organization. Um, and then we, we put on a series of uh, events. So we had a uh, EDU on air that was about two weeks ago. And like, I freaked out because we've been working with like Ava's team, but never with Ava. Um, and she actually popped into the ED on air. And I may have fan had a fangirl moment, totally, um, when that happened. And then I like tweeted about said fangirl moment. And then she followed me on Twitter. So I was like, I was ready to die. Um, and then we had a Twitter chat. Um, that came uh, two days later um, and we'll continue to build resources. So one of the things that'll be coming up in a few months for Google for Education is that there will be a training course specifically to help and support educators in designing culturally responsive uh, lessons for their students. That sounds amazing. Wow. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, I just want to, before we, before we do come to an end, you taught me something today, Kenyatta, which I never <laughs> knew existed. Uh, and that is uh, macrame. Did I, I pronounce that right? So I was doing some research because uh, we're we're a professional unit here, and we we do our research. Uh, we, so I come across a video of you on YouTube. On was it? What was the TV show? Windy City Live. Windy City Live. Yeah. So a, a television show in Chicago of you doing macrame. I'd never heard of macrame, and I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> but uh, yes. yeah. It was. I was impressed. I, I was like, was the, the the husbands and the wives and how you crossed them over to get the knots? I was. I was make. I was making notes. Oh God! Yes, my um, my. I definitely. I am a fiber artist. I do macrame. That is my my fiber of choice, uh, which is basically just working with lots of rope, um, creating kind of these huge wall hangings and um, and plant hangers, and you know, I do stuff for hotels as well. Uh, my mom says that I, she says, I've always been born doing the most. So I have, as you can <laughs> see, my hand in a lot of different things. Um, but uh, I saw a YouTube video once and it was about how it's okay to be a multi-potentialite. And that really resonated for me that it's okay to be good at a lot of different things um, and explore all of those things. And so I've, I've taken and run with that as you guys can see. Yeah. And cool, I try yeah. lots of things. I'm, I'm not good at anything, but I try lots of things. So it's, it's loosely connected to what you said. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, sorry, Dan. I was going to say, um, I've got an empty wall. Uh, so unless you don't, you, you charge a lot of money. Dan's got an empty wall behind him. Let's, let's get some macrame going. Uh, and an edgy futurist hanging macrame behind me would look lovely on this, on this, on the, on the office slash. Um, guest room wall. Um, <laughs> I, I've, it's been absolutely brilliant. Um, great to have you on. We've, we've go head over to, to, to Trading Races uh, and, 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 and go, go on to Amazon and, and check that out. And uh, that sounds re really interesting. 
Um, I'm hoping that the UK audience can do it, and it does apply. If not, we can uh, maybe we can branch that out and look at some uh, some new avenues around that in terms of people that are relevant over here. But I'd love to see how that grows. Uh, thanks for sharing the experience in terms of Google and and the amazing fairy work that you guys have been doing with the Teacher Development <laughs> Centre, and and really excited to see um, how your your journey with Nearpod and and the product as a development. Um, in the UK and, and further afield goes. So, um, yeah, absolute pleasure to have you on. And, uh, yeah, thanks a lot. It's been a pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. And have a wonderful holiday and a fantastic new year. You too. Thanks, Kenya.